Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly, and on today's show, we bring together teacher colleagues from around the U.S. to talk about their views on children's safety, gun violence, and solutions to end the epidemic. Teachers have been directly affected by the rise in school shootings and the context of violence we live in. We'll hear views from New York City, Oklahoma, and Florida. Each teacher shares some of the names of the children who died at Uvalde for our In Memoriam. And Radio Gag will be reporting on gun violence prevention actions around the city and upcoming events for Pride Month, including our Pulse Memorial. That's June 12th, 2022. First, our In Memoriam. Today on Radio Gag, we remember the names of the children and adults who died in the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas this week. In Memoriam. Nevaeh Bravo, Jackie Casares, McKenna Lee Elrod, Jose Flores, Ellie Garcia, Uzia Garcia, Amiri Garza, Javier Lopez, JC Luevanos, Tess Mata. Annabelle Rodriguez, Lexi Rubio, Ayla Silguero, Elia Hanna Torres, Rogelio Torres, Irma Garcia, Ava Morales. And now we'll hear from my teacher colleague, Miss Sylvester, also known as Zarina Sylvester, from Dr. Susan S. McKinney Secondary School for the Arts here in Brooklyn, New York. Well, good afternoon, listeners. This is Sarah Germaine Lilly, and I've told you before that I'm a high school teacher, and I'm so honored to be with one of my colleagues, Zarina Sylvester from Dr. Susan S. McKinney in Brooklyn. Zarina, please uh, say a word about yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, I feel honored to just be asked to uh, speak today. And, um, you know, in light of recent events, um, it's a very, very traumatic time to be a teacher in the United States. So there's so many things to take into consideration, right? This is post-COVID, this is post-George uh, Floyd, Black Lives Matter, and now we get this uh, string of um, school shootings. But do you have a sense of how things have changed in terms of um, gun violence on the rise? Well, definitely. Um, I began teaching in New York City in ooh, 2002. It's almost 20 years ago. And um, I just have to say that it's been very up and down 
Um, obviously, uh, in 2002, we were just coming out of the crack ep epidemic and we had just kind of breathed a sigh of relief thinking that, you know, this um, spree of violence and of having, you know, just um, crack babies that were moving through the school system, kind of feeling like we were gonna move into a new era of progressiveness. And then um, I, I remember being in my classroom when Sandy Hook happened. And I just remember uh, just overwhelming grief, um, hearing the news from Connecticut. It was, it was just overwhelming to think of babies being in that situation. And, um, you know, just moving forward into what we're living through now in 2022 in New York City, this crime spree, um, this randomness, this, I'll just say that right now, I'm still in a state of kind of shock. Um, even though that was Texas in this, I feel so very connected to my colleagues and to those who are um, grieving. Yeah, absolutely. And Buffalo, and what do you think about this idea of, it's called hardening schools, where schools are supposed to be built so they'll be more impervious to attackers, where teachers are supposed to be armed potentially, but you know, like I saw one proposal, anybody who's anybody who's been in the military or been a police officer and is now a teacher should be qualified to hold a gun, you know, things like that. What do you think about these ideas? Well, first off, it's interesting that um, you invited me to speak because I'm a second career teacher. I started off in law enforcement, uh, working for New York City. And one of the reasons why I changed careers was because I personally uh, did not want to move into um, peace officer status. I did not want to have to carry a weapon. And so for me personally, I, I was at the age where I was starting my family and I didn't want that as a part of my everyday life. And so fast forward to hardening schools, um, throughout my career as a teacher, I always thought that my role, um, my role as a teacher in the classroom was to keep students safe and so slowly, because of all of these incidences, I do feel vulnerable in a way I haven't felt before. And I do feel like the concept of protection um, doesn't really exist. And so while I'm in my vulnerable state, I do also, you know, I'm a New York City resident and I've lived through um, 9-11 and I've lived through so many tragedies close to home that I don't feel that arming teachers is necessarily the answer, although I know that is part of legislation, that is part of ongoing talks in our uh, sister states. Um, I know that, you know, violence begets violence, and it's not something that I am prepared as an educator to deal with on a daily basis. I think that I want my primary role to be to educate students 
And I know that protecting them and creating a space of safety is part of that. But I don't feel that that's where our focus needs to be. Um, as a whole, I feel that the more we educate our society, the more respectful our citizens can be. And as with anything, lack of education is at the root of why so many things around us are dysfunctional. Amen. Yeah, very powerful words. Thank you so much, Ms. Sylvester, Zarina Sylvester, for talking with us today for uh, WBAI. And I'll see you back on the job. <laughs> All right. <Definitely>. Thanks, Kali. <laughs> And now we will be hearing from Sarah Lerner, one of the founders and organizers of Teachers Unified to End Gun Violence. Good afternoon, listeners. I am with Sarah Lerner, who is a survivor of the shooting in Parkland, Florida at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. She is the editor of Parkland Speaks, an anthology of the student voices of Parkland. She's my friend and she is also the organizer of Teachers Unified to End Gun Violence. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you update us on where um, Teachers Unified is right now and um, maybe put some context of the, the recent weeks of shootings around um, what's happening with the group? Yeah. So it's been a very busy few weeks for us um you know after the shooting in buffalo we reached out to community organizers up there in hopes of connecting with educators um on our social media platforms we've been sharing resources of how people can support the community and the victims' families. And then with the most recent shooting in Uvalde, Texas at Robb Elementary School this past week, um, it's been very difficult for the three of us, you know, Sari, Beth, Abby, and for me, um, Sari Beth was able to attend the Gays Against Guns event in New York City in Times Square the other night, which was wonderful. And she sent uh, some video clips so we could see part of her her speech. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so glad she was able to do it. So while she was at the rally, Abby and I were boarding planes to fly to Houston, Texas. And we were there with uh, Randy Weingarten, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, and Becky Pringle, who is the president of the National Education Association, and others. But Abby and I were able to participate in a panel and a press conference and speak about gun violence and the action steps that need to be taken to end it. So Abby and I went to the protest that was happening across the street from the NRA 
convention site, which was incredibly moving and powerful. And I feel like all of the, it should have stopped that have already happened, have all, you know, kind of come to a head right now. And like, this is the moment. I, I believe that it is. And I, I feel very optimistic and very hopeful that this will be finally the tipping point that will make the change that we need. Preach and, <laughs> and keep on teaching. I'm trying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying, dragging ourselves to work. Uh, um, yeah, this is fabulous. But other voices are saying what we need to do is to harden schools. And along with that, the whole um, ideas floated of arming teachers. So what's your take on all that, Sarah? To put it very simply, I think that is probably the most absurdly stupid idea I have ever heard. To, to arm an educator, an educator that these same people, they don't trust us to teach in our classrooms. They don't trust us to make our own curriculum. They want to ban <laughs> our books. They want to keep us from being gay. They make all of these things, but they want me to carry a weapon? Get out of here. Forget it. It's, it's absurd. I was on CNN with a sheriff from Ohio, like a week after the shooting at my school. And he was, he either had a program or supported a program about arming teachers. And, you know, I mean, very nice guy. And I knew it was live. So I was really trying to watch my language and my comments. Um, I, I said very plainly that if I had had a gun that day, it would have been safely stored. And by the time I would have accessed it, if the shooter had entered my classroom, I would have been killed. I mean, am I supposed to walk around like strapped all day? Like this just makes no sense to me. Outside of like the teacher feelings about it, there are so many students who already don't feel safe at school. You know, LGBT students, students of color, you know, are we going to then make them feel even more uncomfortable and more isolated by having armed adults on campus? What if I shoot the wrong person? What if a student gets a hold of my gun and shoots people? Am I liable for that? Like where there's so many unknowns to all of this, but to arm teachers when we're not even trusted to do our jobs, but now I'm supposed to do the job that you're telling me I'm not qualified to do, and I'm supposed to act as law enforcement? Like, this is just beyond, it's unconscionable thing. I'm very much with you. I thank you so much for uh, your thoughts today, for your time, for the work that you're doing, and for being a fabulous teacher and a great oh, thank person. Thank you. Thank you. And I 
I'm happy to be here. I will be on anytime you need me to talk <laughs> about whatever. You're listening to WBAI 99.5 FM Free Speech Radio. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, and I'm your host, Sarah Germaine Lilly. You may be wondering what you can do to end this growing epidemic of gun violence in America. Clearly, we need a broad and wide movement condemning gun violence and calling on our leaders to enact public health policies that effectively keep us safer. For that broad movement to happen, we need to spread the message, and that's exactly what we do on Radio Gag. Please go now to WBAI.org and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Your small monthly contribution helps build the momentum we need to change public policy on gun violence and gun culture in America. Call 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Or go to give to wbai.org. That's G-I-V-E, numeral two, W-B-A-I.org, and become a B-A-I buddy in the name of Radio Gag. And thank you. And now we'll hear Corey Lipford, a teacher from Tulsa, Oklahoma, brought to us by Sean Stefanik. So listeners, we are continuing with our calls and talking to people around the country, talking to teachers around the country, and right now we have with us Sean Stefanik, our gag member and radio producer. And we have Corey Lipford calling in from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we want to ask you how you're doing and how has the reality of an increase in gun violence affected your school corey and your teaching it's it really hasn't affected how i teach but it affects kind of my mental health for one my colleagues mental health um but it affects the kids too because we have to do um intruder on campus drills and we have to do them at least twice a year and sometimes more and that it's it's it really causes a lot of anxiety it it causes anxiety in the kids it causes anxiety in the teachers because school is supposed to be safe it's supposed to be the place that these kids go to learn to be protected to be loved when sometimes a lot of these kids don't have another place to be loved um i teach in a title a title one school and title one schools are basically what you would consider an impoverished school, meaning 90% of the population lives under the poverty line. Um, We have kids from all backgrounds, white, black, Hispanic, Native American. Uh, We even got an Afghani refugee family here pretty recently. And um, I hate that these Afghani children who have really kind of, you know, been raised in a war zone, they're basically coming into a war zone of a different type. You know, we don't have, you know, an army and a militia running around actively shooting at each other, but we have people seemingly able to walk into schools and kill children. And it really does affect our mental health. 
it's it's a lot and then these shootings happen and like this one it happened three days or two days before our last day of school a time in the year that should be joyous that should be we should be celebrating that we should be having fun and enjoying and memorializing the school year we've just had in a very positive frame of mind and then a shooting like this happens and it kind of just blows all of that out of the water Thank you so much for putting the context on that, Corey, in such a real way. So our last question is about this notion that's being presented mostly by the right about um, hardening schools. Uh, but specifically, what do you think of the notion of arming teachers? I think it's a ridiculous idea. So. We try to make our schools as safe as possible. We try to make them as welcoming as possible. We try to make these kids feel safe. But we have children, especially in my school, a Title I school, and really any inner city urban school district, you are going to find students who come with a lot of mental illness for a multitude of reasons. And even in the elementary level, I see this. Like we've had, we've had several students in the last couple of years who really struggled with mental illness kids that are younger than sixth grade are struggling and we're talking explosive behaviors punching walls throwing furniture cussing out teachers leaving school buildings these are all happening with kids younger than sixth grade so that creates a volatile situation anyway because teachers when we're dealing with these students we're experiencing what's called secondary trauma. So you get into these volatile situations where you have children that are screaming or cussing at you, throwing furniture, coming at you in a way that makes you feel for your safety. What's to stop a teacher from pulling out their gun and shooting that child in fear? You know, and that shouldn't, that shouldn't be an opportunity that should even be able to come about or shooting a child in anger for that matter, or what happens if that student who's mentally ill finds the teacher's gun and gets a hold of it. There is absolutely no reason for guns to be in school. It's just not a good idea. All right, well, we gotta say goodbye. All right, take care and uh, you too. enjoy starting your summer, Corey. Thank you, you guys have a great one, stay cool. Okay, thanks. Good to see you again. Bye now. Bye. And for our final teacher today, we'll be listening to David Chung, aka Mink, another teacher colleague from Brooklyn, New York. Well, listeners, you've been hearing from teachers from Florida, Oklahoma, Brooklyn, and I have another teacher friend. David Chung, AKA Mink. Uh, David, thank you for being with us today. Sarah, thank you for having me. I like the way you introduced me. I thought, um, am I gonna be Mink or David Chung as I'm an educator known <laughs> as David Chung and everywhere else known as Mink. So both those introductions are appropriate for me. <laughs> awesome, great. Well, uh, Mink, as you have been teaching, uh, have you seen changes in the context of violence and gun violence and how has that affected your teaching and your students well of course in just the recent 
few months um, here in Brooklyn, we've had an uptick in street violence and um, school violence and in shootings that have really um, shook up our public school students and my family, my children, and myself as a father as well. It is palpable. Yes, we feel it. It's, there's tension in the air in school classrooms and buildings, and there's a heaviness. Um, and it's a feeling of grief, sorrow, confusion, hopelessness, silence, and not knowing what to say, and frustration with this happening over and over again, and this not knowing what to say to our students, our, our administrators, our colleagues, our, our families, our parents, and it is, um, it's, not, it's not good. It's not a good feeling. Could you talk about how you feel about um, hardening schools and about potentially arming teachers? If people really, really want to commit crimes, um, it's really hard to stop them. The way to fight crimes is not with more fighting. And the movement to, it's the escalating war that is not going to go anywhere. Um, it's definitely not going to lead to peace. So I'm for a movement to de-escalate. I'm for a movement to pacify rather than to intimidate or harass or threaten. Um, I want a country where we can go places without being asked, where are you going, without needing passes, without being checked for identification. Um, I come from... My family comes from South Korea, which um, happens to be one of the safest countries in the world. They don't have guns there. Um, and what that allows the people to do there and school children specifically, um, children from kindergarten can walk themselves to schools, to after school programs, to the playgrounds, um, to run errands for their parents, to visit their family and neighbors. Um, because it's so safe without guns and without a lot of other violent crimes, street crimes that um, plague New York City, um, it allows us to open up our minds and our bodies and our lifestyles to a place of living really more freely. Um, I wouldn't say that in the US that we have a lot of personal freedoms um, with being checked um, more often for identification. Um, there's definitely an increased police presence now on the streets. Um, Eric Adams, we feel you. And we, we feel your um, police presence um, right now on the streets. But for me personally, I don't feel safer. I feel more intimidated and I don't feel like increased police presence is going to make us in the long run um, more safe. Um, I feel like increased police presence on the streets and in schools um, is going to intimidate and make us feel threatened and not feel more free. In public schools, right, we're trying to educate our children. In public schools, we're trying to enrich our minds. Um, but what that does with police presence and threatening is it really shuts us down. It really limits and boxes us in. Um, and it, 
doesn't open us up to creativity, to possibilities, to wondering, to freedom. Um, so I am very strongly against police presence and militarization and arming teachers with guns. Um, I don't think that's going to be fruitful in the long run. Well, thanks, David. It's really good to hear your voice and to hear your perspective. So I really appreciate your time and your love and your caring and your teaching. So uh, thanks for uh, being with us on Radio Gag today. Thanks for approaching me too. Thanks to our guests. And now it's time to end our show. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Also be sure to check out our website to learn more about our upcoming action, Pulse Memorial, June 12th. Go to Gaze Against Guns on Facebook or Instagram or go to gagsignup at gmail.com to participate in our Pulse Memorial June 12th. Come to a meeting. Here in New York, we meet once a month on Thursday at 7 p.m. in Manhattan at the LBGT Center on 13th Street. So please join us. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy, again, is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio station going by giving a small donation every month. Just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this live show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. God help America. Every greedy billionaire